This morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre, presented by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. All right, so still a lot of uh, questions and cleanup uh, regarding those uh, tornadoes that hit over the weekend. And an engineering researcher with the Northern Tornadoes Project says that twister that destroyed several homes in central Alberta was likely the most powerful to hit the province since that deadly tornado that killed a dozen people at Pine Lake in 2000. Mm -hmm. But Connell Miller says, you know what, people were pretty fortunate this time. It's very lucky um, that no one was seriously hurt in this. Um, There were plenty of opportunities where if something had gone just a slight bit different that uh, people could have been seriously hurt. It's a matter of where it touches down. Mm-hmm. What does it hit? If it's out in the middle of a field, then it can be an extraordinary thing to see, but not an awful lot of damage. And certainly there were people who were, they knew that there was something with the sky, and when the emergency mm-hmm. alerts came in, then they knew they had to take cover. Elisa Humphreys was one of them. I hadn't got out of my pajamas. I didn't have a bra on. I hadn't brushed my teeth. And then the alarm went off on my phone, and I looked out the window, and there was just like a huge tornado. Now, can you imagine if you're at your home and you look out the window? You can see it. Oh. You can see it there. Dorothy. Oh, boy. Wizard of oh, Oz. Our uh, next guest uh, chases storms, chases tornadoes, and has across the Canadian prairies for the last eight years. Kyle Hetherington joining us this morning, and he was there when uh, this storm rolled through. Kyle, thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, tell us about uh, tell us about Saturday, Canada Day. Where how did your day start, and how did you end up uh, so close to this tornado? So Saturday started. We woke up in Red Deer. We had been chasing Friday night. There was a bunch of tornado worn storms, kind of by Sunchild, which actually produced a tornado that we were on. And then there was one that started by Eckville and went into uh, Red Deer. So we chased those, stayed the night, and. When we woke up, there was three targets on Saturday. So there was a north target, east target, and then sundry. And we were actually going to go east. We kind of had a bit of a disagreement. <laughs> and we're discussing what to do. So we decided to have lunch and wait and see. And that's when the storm started. So we bombed south and decided to go to that storm and thankfully made it in time. Now, just out of curiosity, before we get into what you ended up seeing, targets. Uh, mm-hmm. So is this is this uh, weather conditions that would lead to? Is that what, is that what you mean by targets? Potentials? Yeah, so, yeah, so we look at the, the forecast models and then kind of the station plots and that. So there was the east target was kind of by Stetler in like, like it's called the, kind of the warm sector where when you have a low, there's a kind of a cold front and a warm front. So the cold front play was north target, Drayton Valley. Warm front target was east to Stetler, and then there was a little boundary along the foothills in Sundry, but not a lot of models showed that actually happening. So we were kind of hesitant to head east just in case, and then, yeah, the once the storm started by Sundry, it kind of picked our target for us. All right, so tell us, uh, tell, explain the evolution of that, that drive in there and, and what you were seeing. And, I mean, this incredible video that's up on YouTube now of this of this tornado. Tell us about how it all unfolded. 
So when we left Red Deer, we started heading south, and you could see on radar the storm was latched onto the boundary, which is really key for Alberta storms. Typically, to get a tornado, you need to have a, a storm riding a boundary like that. And as we came south on Highway 2, we saw the first funnel go down and come up, and then the main tornado started, and we were still about just north of Didsbury on Highway 2. And so we had to kind of cut through the rain cloud to get to the to it, and I ended up basically getting it, getting about a kilometer away from it just as it crossed Highway 2A when it impacted the kind of the main acreage that was damaged mm. when it was at its strongest. So it was a kind of a mad dash to get there in time because they typically don't last more than two or three minutes. So this one was almost 30 minutes on the ground, which is pretty pretty rare for Alberta. Does does that give us an idea as to the strength, the intensity of it on the scale? Because it was on the ground for that long, is it a stronger tornado tend to stay on the ground longer? Yeah, typically they're, when they're long track like that, the background kind of environment is more inducive of tornadoes. So the fact that it was like that big and on the ground that long is a very good sign. And then when I pulled up, the first thing I could see were power flashes, which is mm. never a good sign. It means that power lines are snapping. And right after that is when it grew into this huge dust tornado and got the like really nice contrast of white clouds and black dust rotating around. So it was it was a pretty intense situation. What went through your mind when when you saw the size of it and you realized how long it was staying on the ground for? I honestly, I just kind of lost it in the truck, yelling and. I was just trying to get there and it's like the adrenaline rush when it's happening kind of like you don't really feel like fear or anything you're just trying to like take it all in and I mean we don't get big time tornadoes like that very often and once we could see how powerful it was and big it was you're kind of in the back of your mind knowing this is not a, a normal occurrence so it's kind of this weird rush of emotions that way. And it, and it has to be tempered with knowing that, you know, there's there's damage happening, you're seeing power lines, the potential for injury or, and death. It, it's, it's a weird hobby because it's hard to balance, like, what might be the best day of my life is the worst day of someone else's life. And we typically, like, obviously like to see them, Saskatchewan's great middle of nowhere, there's nothing there <laughs> in a field, but as soon as they see the power flashes and then knowing that that's a populated area we actually went back that night and just to have a look because at the damage it's nice to get a reminder sometimes that while this is something that i love to do and i love to see Mm -hmm. there is human impacts of it and it's kind of helps keep you grounded i guess in your emotions Uh, Storm chaser Kyle Hetherington joining us this morning talking about that big tornado uh, south, uh, southern Alberta, Didsbury area anyway. uh, You know that there are people who are going, you know, we we heard from uh, Alyssa Humphreys here a little bit, a resident who looked out and just basically get out of the way. You know there are people who say, Kyle, why are you going toward that? Uh, You know, what if we end up having to rescue you? It's, It's foolhardy what you do. What's your response? Um, I get that a lot from a lot of people. Typically, with experience, like this was like 40th tornado I've seen, and I've had quite a few close encounters with tornadoes. You 
if you have looked at the background environment, looked at the models and how the winds are going, you have an idea of where that tornado is going. And storm chasers are important in the warning system. Radar is only good to a certain height. And when Environment Canada and are looking at radar and at storms, they cannot tell by radar if a tornado is on the ground. So people on the ground storm chasers are calling in warnings and stuff like that to let them know, yes, this actually is producing, no, this isn't, and stuff like that. So while we definitely could become, you know, part of the casualty part, we're also a necessary part of the warning system. And we're typically the first ones on scene, like Aaron Zajac, another mm-hmm. big-time Canadian chaser, was the first one to that one house and helping to look for people. And it's kind of... Yeah, it's kind of hard to mm-hmm. yeah, so, explain. So if you're if you're helping out to kind of during the process, what about afterwards? Is there information that you can give, you know, the investigators from Environment and Climate Change Canada and, and all of that uh, to, to help them determine uh, what size of a tornado it was, you know, all of that sort of thing? Yeah, usually they'll reach out, like Northern Tornado Project reached out about some of my video and where I was and what time I was looking and that, just so it helps them narrow down where the tornado path was. Yeah. And then since we're typically first there, the damage that you can see and kind of helps direct people to, okay, hey, there might be a farm over here that was hit. There's some trees broke. So it kind of aids in their investigating after the fact. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. It is. It is. It's 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 a wild hobby. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, thanks so much for joining us this morning and talking about your experience. Appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. yeah. Hey, no, Kyle. Before you go, if people want to see that video that you took, where can they find it? So I'm on Twitter as btk underscore weather, and I'm also on Instagram at Kyle Hef twelve. All right. Super. Thank you so much, Kyle. Um, and yeah, it uh, is a pretty spectacular video that he managed oh, yeah. uh, that he managed to get there. But boy, oh boy, I just I play Twister through my mind over and over again, right? So it's that horrible movie. It wasn't horrible. It was. It was one of the not. worst movies ever. But it's that's eight, just an opinion. It's 8.16. Eight, eight we'll take a pause here. We'll come back with more. It's the uh, Tuesday edition. I was about to say Friday. The Friday Tuesday edition of uh, the all-new This Morning. Stay with us. Door Service, where service is their specialty. Proud sponsor of This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. There you go. Thank you, Lyle. Yes, Twister. It's a classic, just like my 06 Caravan would be considered a classic. <laughs> and someone said, hey, I'd rather watch Twister than Armageddon. Yeah, there's two of them. There's two peas in a pod. Those two are just kind of mind candy, though. Let's be real. Well, they're ridiculous. They're ridiculous, but they're mind candy. And speaking of, I went to see the new Indiana Jones and, on the weekend. And, and I Because we talked about it. that maybe some of the reviews weren't great, but yeah, you're saying thumbs up. I liked it. I thought parts, you know, near the back end kind of got a little eh, far-fetchy, but um, it was still fun. It was what you would expect it to be. It's 
It's the opening scene is 20 minutes of full on, dun, 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 you know, dun, dun, dun. adventure, you know, it's action Jackson. Yeah, it's action Jackson. I, I really enjoyed it. But, yeah, and it was sold out. The theater was oh. sold out. Mm. So that was fun. Right? Yes. So you, you had said beforehand, you haven't been to a theater, mm-hmm. to a movie theater, to watch a movie for a long time. This one. What was it like being in with a full crowd? And does that make you want to go back again if the, if the movie's right? Was if it a cool atmosphere? If the movie is right, yeah. If the movie's right, uh, I, I think I would go back. And I actually said to Jim, I said, oh, I might do that again. I think the last movie before I saw that was A Star is Born. That's a long time that's ago. That's a long time yeah. ago. And before that, it was American Sniper. Wow, that's even longer. So it's longer. I don't do movie, don't do movie theaters. So, hmm. yeah. So it, it was nice to be back. But to see it, you want to see something like that on the big screen. But to be honest with you, there's not a whole lot of movies coming out right now that interest me. That, that are big screen ones. And yeah. Some of the comic book movies, which, you know, yeah. they're special effects. They're fun to watch on a big screen. But to me, it's just the environment of the shared the shared experience with so many other people, and especially with a beloved character yes. like Indiana Jones. Yeah, and so you have that those kind of chuckles at certain things, or you go, ah, oh, whatever. But it's so in your face, there's, and it's so loud and big, right? I, imagine but I, the, I, enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed it. The age group was pretty wide, I imagine. Yes, yeah. yeah there was, um, you know, 20-somethings up to... 60, 70, 80 somethings, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, when did the first Raiders of the Last Ark come out? Was that 80, 80. something, 81? Yeah. The first one was 80, 81. You're, I think. you're good with the, you're good with I think the years, 80, aren't you? 81. Yeah. It was 80, But I, I really enjoyed it. I, you know, it, it is what it, it is, what it is, right? It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. It can't be worse than the last one. <laughs> Harrison Ford's a good actor, too. I, I, Very few things I've seen him that I didn't enjoy. What was really cool about this is how they used... Um, that aging, that de-aging thing? Is that where you're going? De-aging. Yeah. So, because it, parts of it... It starts back in time. So oh, okay. Fl- like so. flashback wise. Yeah. yeah. So it starts um, World War II. Yeah. So let's just mm-hmm. leave it at that. So Indy in World War II is much different than Indy uh, in 1965. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was like, whoa, that it's is been, so good. It's been used in a few movies. I think yeah. the first one that everybody went, oh my goodness, how did they do that? Was the Benjamin Button movie mm-hmm. with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. That they, they you know, As he grew younger yeah, yeah. as he went. So that was amazing. They did it in uh, uh, they did it with Robert Downey Jr. as uh, as Iron Man. They showed some of. I think that was in one of the uh, the End Game movies. One of the two showed him as a younger version of himself. So it is pretty mm-hmm. cool what they're able to do with that. Yeah. It's very fun. And, and you know, it's funny because Jim, a coach, was just sitting there. The, as soon as the music came on, he just nudged me because he knows that's what I was waiting for. And, you know, some and and some flashbacks to scenes from the very first one. Actual ah. scenes? No, scenes, but from, like, let's of? put it this way, recall. Okay. Recall to the first one. Uh, you know, how, how can you even be talking? I can't believe you haven't done this yet. Talk about it. I did. I did edit that. Put this in earlier. I forgot to put it in there. I know. I'm glad I could remind you. <laughs> anyway, um, I, was, I was taking it down a little bit, but you yeah. seem to be enjoying it some more. If, if you're an indie fan, if you if you like the the first one, and I guess the first and second were pretty good. But How could you not like the first one? I know it was mm-hmm. such a great movie. Uh, Sixty million dollars. 
from North American theater. So not nearly mm-hmm. as much no. as it was was hoped for mm-hmm. or thought. Did not perhaps. have a good first weekend. But maybe maybe word of mouth will get it going because if if it'll just keep on pounding. But here's the other thing too: as we're walking into the theater, Coach looked at me. He says, "You know, I can rent this. We could have rented this on on VOD on mm-hmm. on the TV and stayed at home and watched it on the big screen." I'm like, "What?" So I think that that changes things as well. It does, yeah. Right? That that's, that uh, that's that that impacts those those box office numbers big time. You're not hanging out with uh, didn't impact, several hundred uh, others. Didn't impact Tom Cruise. I mean, they came to see Top Gun again. Like mm-hmm. that was massive, right? Mm-hmm. Could have rented that one too, but people wanted to go to I the did. theaters for it. She did. <laughs> yeah. I watched people that one. People wanted at home. to go to the theaters for it, though. Like, there's something cool about, especially especially with what we've gone through the last few years, going yep. back to the yeah. theater. Yeah. Right? It's kind of cool. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.